Welcome to Intersect, where church meets culture. My name is Josh Dash. I'm the lead pastor at Northeast Presbyterian Church in Columbia, South Carolina. And I am joined once again by my wonderful wife, Betsy. Hey, everybody. And we're back, everybody, with Jim Pachta. Jim, excellent to have you here still with us. Thank you. Good to be here. Uh, folks, we are back with the second part of our interview, The Messy Work of True Love. Uh, Jim, you were just speaking to how what, what our churches could do better. Um, I, I really appreciated you saying that you see a lot of uh, positive things, uh, particularly in the PCA, um, but, but that there are two ditches that we could fall uh, into. One is uh, gospel uh, plus something else. Another thing is less than the gospel. Mm. And, and honestly, it's almost like you were reading my notes because that, that is really how I was phrasing my next question for you. I, I feel like real love is messy work because it's not easy. It's not clean and tidy. And I feel like either one of those options is the easier work, is the easier path to take, an attitude which says, we, we're willing to, to have you at our church as long as you get cleaned up first, as long as you have it all mm. together. If you have big problems, keep those to yourself. We don't want to know about those. And, and we'll We'll teach the doctrine of progressive sanctification, but but the application is between you and the Lord. Now, I don't think a, ch- a church would say that, but that that could be the attitude or or the culture that that is in the church. But then there's the other side of the ditch, which is affirming position. That's the better word that I should say of the church, which says we'll accept you however you are, and you don't need to change. And that side uh, either doesn't believe in progressive sanctification or has some kind of different view about it. But, but Jim, to me, either one of those options seems like the easier thing for the church to do. Either to say, I just don't want to deal with it, or I don't need to deal with it um, because you're fine just the way you are. And I know one thing that I believe is Jesus loves me too much to leave me just the way I am. And, and that he wants to change me, and, he, and that he's doing a work which he's going to bring forth to completion. So um, with, with all of those, with, with kind of, of that groundwork, um, I would love to hear you reflect a little bit more on a statement that I've heard you say, and that I'm planning on using in a future sermon, Jim, so, and I will be, <laughs> qu- I will be quoting you. Now you've been warned. <laughs> is, that, um, is that we need to do the hard work of loving someone where they are, without accepting them as they are. And, and I, mm. hope, I hope I got that right. But You did. Can you reflect on um, a little bit more on, on the hard work of love, of, of not taking these two options that we can take? Yeah, you, yeah. I, I was going to use that, that very phrase, actually, in, in, uh, um, in a moment. Um, that's exactly right. I think we are never called to safety. Mm. Agape is never safe. Sacrifice is risky. Mm -hmm. I, to love somebody, am going to give to them for their benefit at my expense never the other way around. The other way around is lust, isn't it? It's getting from them at my benefit, for my benefit at their expense. Mm -hmm. But love is out of my story, 
I have received gifts that I get to give away within the church, spiritual gifts, and without the church, the gift of evangelism, right? I get to give, you know, it's better to give than to receive, but it's always risky, which is why we have faith, because I can't give without believing that God is worthy and they're worth it. So I'm going to love somebody where they are, regardless of the mess that they are, because I get it. I'm a mess too, Mm -hmm. right? But I'm not going to accept them as they are because I want more for them and more from them. Mm. I want to see them as their glorified selves someday, Mm. right? They're on their way. I'm praying and hoping. If they are a believer, I'm confident of this very thing that God who began a good work will bring it to completion at the day of Christ Jesus. So I get to love them in their future self even now. And I'm not going to accept them where they are because they're not done being baked yet. <laughs> Coming from a former pastry chef. I love that. I was the head pastry chef at the Anatole Hotel where our General Assembly met here in Dallas. Wow. That's fantastic. And it was it was strange because I got to go during GA in the front door and I felt guilty because I always had to go in the back door when I worked there. <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> but yeah, so we're not done being baked. So we we love people where they are, but we don't accept them as they are. Mm. So, Jim, as we think through maybe at the church level, how can a church develop a, a culture of grace as, you know, as you said, where we're loving people where they are and loving them as they're in the process of being baked by Jesus, as it were? Um, how do we develop that culture of grace? What are some things that you've um, that you've seen churches do or groups do to come alongside and envelop people and disciple them? Oh, that's such a great question. Philippians, have this mindset in yourselves, which was also in Christ, who, although he existed as a, in the form of God, did not regard equality with God, something to be hung on to, grasped, but he emptied himself. See, if we could do that and not hold on to our own glory, but we could empty ourselves and see ourselves as not more important than anybody else Mm. and pour our lives, not invest our lives, never invest your life because then you demand a return on your investment. That's consumerism. We don't want to play that, Mm. but pour your life expecting nothing in return. That's love. Mm. That's giving. That's serving. That's sacrificial. And so when you meet in groups, when you meet on Sunday, you know, when you meet individually with, with others, if you're pouring your life in with the gifts you've received, the rest of it takes care of itself. Jesus shows up there. Hmm. And our spiritual gifts are in direct relationship to the sanctification of the suffering in our stories, right? All this, all, if we are aware of the, of the suffering in our own stories, 
we will then see the gifts that come out of it. If you've experienced deep pain, you're going to be empathetic to others in deep pain. Right? First Corinthians says, or Second Corinthians, what is it? Three, uh, um, we, we comfort others in mm-hmm. their affliction mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. of the comfort we've received in our yeah. affliction. Mm-hmm. So our gifts come out of our story. The more we know that we're no better or worse than anybody else, then we have something to offer others, whether they're gay, whether they're 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 transgender, whether they're a thief, whether they're alcoholic, whether they're drug addicted, whether they're just a lousy rotten sinner. It doesn't it doesn't even matter. We don't have to relate to them on a sin level, just on a need for a savior level. That's, that's beautiful. Jim, uh, switching gears a little bit here. Sure. Uh, I know you love the doctrine of repentance. I've heard you talk mm-hmm. about it. I, I'm wondering if there was some who would maybe say that uh, to be in, in here, I want to bring us back to these uh, these overtures. I know not all, all of our listening audience may uh, be aware of these things, but... Um, some things the PCA is is thinking about uh, passing, adding to our constitution, our book of church order. Um, there, there could be a conception that if a person uh, is opposed to that, that perhaps they have a faulty view of the doctrine of repentance. And uh, is that mistaken? And if it is, why is that mistaken? Talk to us a bit about repentance. Sure. Um, thank you for that. Um, yeah, if, if they're opposed to the overtures, you mean? Yes, yes. If, yes. Okay, if they're not great, great. persuaded that they should vote yes. Yeah. Yeah, because I think repentance is not about behavioral change primarily. Hmm. Search me, O oh God, and know my heart. That's the seat of movement. And see if there be any wicked way mm-hmm. in me. And then lead me in the everlasting way. That will affect a change in behavior, granted. But if I focus on changing my behavior only, I've got to stop behaving homosexually. I've got to stop acting out, right? Hmm. Or I've got to stop gambling, or I've got to stop drinking, or I've got to stop doing drugs, or I've got to stop overeating, or I've got to stop whatever the behavior is. Well, what that is called is pruning. If I take a tree and I try to kill it by chopping off the fruit and the leaves, that actually helps that tree grow better. That's a form of legalism. But if I kill it at its roots, repentance, I kill the tree. Mm. And that's where I see real repentance. Repentance is deeper, harder, and takes longer than we think. Mm. Stopping a behavior, I can teach somebody with behavioral modification, I can teach somebody how to stop the behavior in three weeks Mm. and never affect a change on the heart. Mm. But if I want to change that heart, it's going to take a little longer, but I'm teaching them real repentance. Godly sorrow produces a repentance that leads to deliverance without regret, 2 Corinthians 7.10. Mm. 
I want to produce a repentance that leads to deliverance. And so I'm opposed to these overtures because I want to go deeper than just affecting a change in behavior. I want to affect the heart. And that's where I get to relate to all my fellow elders teaching and ruling, not just some who struggle with SSA. Hmm. Very helpful. Thank you. Yeah, that sure is. Well, um, this has just been a really great discussion, Jim. Um, And we could ask so many more questions. Like, this is only scratching the surface. (laughs) This could be its own podcast, honestly. Um, So just um, because we can't keep you on the phone forever, um, we we did want to ask a question. What do you think we are missing in our witness to the outside world? relationship Hmm. we're missing we're missing the gospel as a relational commodity we're missing the fact that that we are the what keller calls the contextualization of the gospel i am a story i'm not just some ex-gay i don't even like the phrase but i'm not just some guy who used to be gay i am the contextualization of the gospel, God's power to salvation. And I meet with my neighbors, I meet with my friends, some of whom are gay, some are transgender, I meet with my colleagues, as the contextualization of the gospel. And I relate to them. Right, if they're gay and they have children, I take baby gifts to them. If they're if they're transgender, I meet with them, have coffee, have drinks with them. I have dinner. I take dinners to them if they're sick. I don't I don't make a distinction. Well, are they one of us? Are they not one of us? I risk back to what we talked about earlier. I risk being uncomfortable. I risk not feeling safe for love's sake. I'm not saying, but we're not called to be safe. We're called to die for the sake of the other. You can't lay down your life for your friend if you're being safe. Mm. Amen. Mm-hmm. You That's can't right. do it. That's right. Yeah, so often, um, as you've pointed us to, it it seems like at the foundation of, of so much of your wonderful exhortation is is a deep humility to see that those mm. of us who don't struggle with same-sex attraction, um, you know, so so often it's it's painted as the sin that's above other sins, or um, you know, just put in a different light. And good heavens, God wants to put that to death in our hearts and to um, to bring us all to a point of humility where we see we are equal before the cross. Um, my mess is no better than anyone's mess, or no worse than anyone's mess. But God, my life. Oops, I'm sorry. No, go ahead, please. My wife finally stopped being angry with me. <laughs> she was a Pharisee. This is her, she tells this story, so I'm not speaking out of school. <laughs> You'll get she, in trouble. She stopped being a Pharisee when it dawned on her that Jesus would have been eating and drinking with my people and not hers, mm. and she found grace 
because of my sinfulness to expose her sinfulness. And that's where she found life and we found relationship. Wow. What a story. Praise God. And if I could just add one final uh, thought here as we're, we're using this word story, and, and we're, we're the contextualization of the gospel. We are um, the Holy Spirit is that deposit that's been placed within us. We have the Spirit, and uh, I'm just thinking here the role here of our willingness to tell our story. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, yes, yes. If if we won't tell our story, are we in some way um, hiding the the reality of the gospel? Not to say that there aren't times where I just say, look, here's the, here's the story of the gospel. You're a sinner. Jesus Christ died for you. You need to receive him by faith and repentance. And, but but uh, a willingness to uh, present ourselves as mm-hmm. these trophies of grace. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think we can, you know, we, we have a tendency to hide it under the, our light under a bushel. And if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship. Mm. Right? There's a, that real sense. And it's also a means of grace. And the blood of his son cleanses us from all sin. That light is how God's story intersects with our story. The gospel intersects with our sin, shame, and suffering. And because of Jesus' death and burial and resurrection, we now have life and we get we don't need to. We don't have to. We get to tell that story. We get to let our light so shine among men. Hmm. Hmm. Well, Jim, I was wondering, um, are there any, you know, Josh and I both love to read. We read a lot. And um, are there any kind of resources that you would recommend for us or for people listening to the podcast? Um, any kind of books or? Preferably one with footnotes. That's <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's I don't just know if me. everyone wants footnotes, but Josh does. <laughs> Well, I just finished writing mine. I'm still looking, going to wait for a little while. I'm retiring in three years, and oh I'm waiting for a, wow. a little while, and I will have it get it published. Oh, exciting! I hope. Is this I the hope. story of your life, or is it a? Um... This is a story. It's, it's a lot of things in one. Oh, we'll it's look my, at that. It's my story, and it's a talk about. Yeah, where you know where I stop with getting wanting gender reassignment surgery. Mm. And, all, all of this, the messiness of it all and how God uses. It's called, you know, um, and such were some of you, the redemption of uh, sexual brokenness. Wow. Oh, that's going to So I'm be hoping awesome. to get that published in the next couple of years. We'll look out for that. Um, in the report, we have a bibliography. Mm-hmm. So if you go to PCAGA.org, on the, the very top of that, you can click on a link that goes to the report. The very end of the report is a bibliography where Wonderful. we have division of what you put on your book table and if you want further study. Okay. But I would highly suggest, just off the top of my head, Jackie Hill Perry's book, Gay Girl, Good God. Mm. I've ha- so I think we, ha- we have that one at home. Yes. I have not read it yet, but I'll have to put that at the top of my list since you Mm. said it. (laughs) Yeah. And Born Again This Way, um, her name, Gilson. um, Rachel? Rachel, thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, that's also a very good book. Okay. Oh, those those are two great titles. We'll put that 
Um, for our listeners, we do have at our website, we will include some show notes. It's www.nepres.com slash podcasts. So we'll link to everything that um, Jim has mentioned here. Jim, we just want to thank you. I want to thank you uh, as a fellow elder in my denomination. Thank you for doing the work of a ruling elder. Thank you for your counseling ministry and the ways that you are serving Christ's church uh, and how you have served the church. And uh, we just appreciate your willingness to let your light shine, to share your story mm-hmm. on this podcast. And and brother, many blessings to you and your wife and your family. Oh, thank you. You bless me. Thank mm-hmm. you. I appreciate that so much. Well, as Josh said, uh, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. And as I said, show notes are at www.nepres.com slash podcasts. All right, everybody, thank you for joining us for this two-part interview. We will be back with more material later in this season. God bless. See you.